0: Hello everybody, welcome to I Command, Rebel High Command cast, this is TV Boy the, this is the Imperial Assault Podcast for 2022 and beyond. This podcast is hosted by the I Command YouTube channel and sponsored by listeners like you through Patreon. If you want to support IA Imperial Assault content in 2022 and into the new year, head over to patreon.com slash iCommand and become a patron today. This is episode number 10. I am your host, TV Boy, a.k.a. Noah, and I am joined by my co-host, The Second Flock, a.k.a. Wesley. Hey,
1: everyone. Happy New Year. We hope you had a happy holidays.
0: Yeah, this should actually be coming out. Let's see. Today is... We're recording on the 26th. This should be coming out on the 28th, so... <clears throat> Right at the end of the year which is perfect because this episode we are going to be doing a year in review for imperial assault 2022 review so we're going to be kind of going over the highlights of the year 2022 for imperial assault both for ISCP and for the main game although you know nothing's really going on for the main game um but uh we'll be talking about that as well so in our first segment um although actually uh Wesley how you doing would your uh how's your holidays going?
1: Oh they're they're going great. Um, you know I, I saw someone looking for a game yesterday. and didn't quite get the time to uh, join them, but I thought it would have been fun to try and join them and have a uh, holiday themed list <laughs> like with a job of the HUD is Santa Claus and everything and maybe post that to the channel. Unfortunately it didn't happen, but that was a little bit of fun I was thinking about yesterday. It was a fun thought exercise nice at least. That's
0: fun. Yeah, I saw your photo on Discord. That was pretty cute with the Santa hat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get into it. I had a I had a pretty good Christmas. Um, Two year old, lots of presents, uh, and I am realizing that as he gets older, the Christmas is going to get harder and harder because it is a lot <laughs> getting it getting it together for all getting all the gifts, and making sure the house is, to- looks totally clean and nice, and there's enough space for everything, but uh, it was worth it.
1: And so, hiding the gifts, of course.
0: Yes, well, that's what storage spaces are for.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad your Christmas went well, and uh, give it a decade or so, I'm sure it'll start to get a little easier.
0: Right, plus the gifts we get him, I'll be able to play with. <laughs> yeah. Although I did have a that's, ton of sun. That's
1: definitely good to look forward to yeah i did have a
0: ton of fun playing with his uh trace train set that i got him with him he that was a lot <laughs> of fun so anyway um all right let's get into some imperial assault stuff so first topic is going to be comms chatter this is where we take a look at a listener email or a comment from a previous episode's video uh, the only thing i have from today is a nice comment left by zombie 7979 spelled with an x which is happy holidays and uh, just wanted to shout that out and happy ho- say happy holidays to all of you listeners. I hope you guys are having a good holiday season as well. Um, and I'm glad you're joining us here in the, the end of the year and in the new year.
1: Yep. Happy holidays to everyone watching. And Zombie 7979.
0: <laughs> Alright, well, moving on to our next topic, because I think this is going to be a pretty meaty main topic, so we'll just breeze through these. Um, Rules questions, this is where we um, feature one of the more interesting rules questions that may have been asked during the week uh, in uh, any of these social media for Imperial Assault. (laughs) This week we are looking at a very in-depth rules question So maybe I shouldn't have picked this one uh, From Herbie, which was uh, basically asking about the difference between kill points and objective points And the main question was, when you score the one VP from Jabba's, um, I think it's, is it Nefarious Gains? Yeah Uh, Does that count as a kill VP or an objective VP in Skirmish? And that does count as an objective VP, but I think that leads to the more important question. Uh, what's the difference? Why do we differentiate between uh, kill VPs and objective VPs? And I'm now realizing that this could actually be a whole podcast topic, but I think we can just do it uh, real quick here in this segment. Um, uh, well, Wesley, do you, do you know what the difference is or why, why they're counted differently?
1: Yeah, I I saw that thread, and I chimed in a little bit, so I got a a better understanding. So, really, most of the time, you don't need to worry about the kill VPs versus objective VPs, because whoever gets the most VPs wins the game. This is just for tiebreakers, um, but my understanding is that kill VPs are the victory points that you obtained throughout the game from defeating your opponent's deployment cards, and that sounds a little weird, but what I mean by that is, say, you kill uh, Migs Mayfeld, and let's say he has an attachment on him worth one point, you get the seven points for Migs, and you get the one point for the attachment, uh, but you don't get... Uh, those are both considered kill VPs, it's more like they're the part of the army that you decimated.
0: Yeah, just and just a minor nitpick, it's, it's uh, deployment, or victory points gained from defeating figures, um, because... In the old days you had to defeat every figure on the deployment card to score points but like you could just kill one stormtrooper now and you'll get vps from that and the reason also it's from killing figures is because you also it also counts the points you score from attachments um, so if you kill the yeah. last figure in a deployment group uh, when you score the attachment that is also considered to be a vp gain from killing a figure
1: so i guess uh slightly more nuanced example would be if you have a group of riot troopers that are worth three points each so you kill two that's six vps six kill vps Mm -hmm. even though that deployment card costs seven to deploy (coughs) but if the riots had say general's ranks on them and you managed to kill both of them and you know finish off that deployment card you would get three for each of those you killed plus the one for general's ranks (coughs)
0: yeah so then that leads us back to the question of why do we differentiate between the different types of vps in skirmish Uh, and the main answer for that is for tiebreakers if you either both players get to 40 at the same time which can happen or above 40 um, or more common is you you go to time in the round in like a tournament setting You run out of time, and at that point, both players have the same VP score. So in that case, uh, the player who scored the most VPs from defeating figures wins the Uh, tiebreak.
1: You just said something interesting to me. You said that if both players go above 40 at the same time, you go to a tiebreaker, is yeah. that even if they have different amounts of ending VPs?
0: Uh, no, so the main tiebreaker is who has the most VPs. So the, okay. the actual victory condition is when the game ends, you check to see who has the most VPs, and that's the winner. Mm. Uh, yes. No matter how the game ends. Usually the game ends when um, one or more players reach 40 or more VPs. Right. So then if you're tied, then you check... If you're tied in actual points, then that's when you check who got the most figures from... Who got the most points from killing figures. By the way, the secondary tiebreaker to that is, like, if you both killed the same amount of VPs uh, from defeating figures, the second tiebreaker is you start... Like, you count damage tokens on figures that are still alive, and whoever has, like, the most damage dealt to defeated figures, and that's on like non-defeated figures wins I'd have to double check that but it's basically like a damage you count the damage tokens in play and and in defeated figures um,
1: And I think another distinction with kill vps is that they don't go down even if you spend your vps correct
0: Yeah so that's something we had to figure out from this bond from Herbie's question was what hap- what happens if you have vps in your on your score pad um, and then but you've only defeated figures you haven't scored any objective points or like card ability points and then you go to use like Jabba's um, order hit and you spend two VPs so what happens then did you you had to spend VPs from your kill points right so does that mean you're 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 gonna have less kill points even if you gain objective points later and the answer I got was no because if you read the skirmish tournament rules and all of those sections there's a part about scoring vps where it says to players need to make sure to keep their defeated deployment cards and figures and and attachments like separate but together so that you can count later how many vps were scored from from defeating those cards uh and that was the rationale used to me to justify saying you don't you, the kill VPs don't change during the game even if you spend from them they are just a static number based on counting all the figures and attachments that you defeated that game
1: almost like you could go at the end of the game and if you have a tiny VP, you then go okay now let's count how many things we each killed
0: exactly yeah um So that's so that in that case, it really doesn't matter how you spend your VPs. But what people do is, especially when we're playing on Vassal, because it has those two numbers and then it adds the total above them, is um, whenever you would spend VPs on things for like Java, Black Market, uh, Hondos, if your opponent's playing Hondo, uh, usually you take those out, you subtract those from your objective points, um, just so that it's. Plain and obvious to both players, like who has more kill points at that point in the game when you're playing, so you know who's going to win the, on the tie break uh, if you are going to mm-hmm. be tied. Yep. Um, also, yeah, it makes someone it. Someone
1: pointed out. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I think someone pointed out it would be nice if we had an update where the objective VP's portion of the scorecard could go negative mm-hmm. to help keep that track simple.
0: Yeah, because the reason that. The other reason to do it that way is so that while you're playing, you can keep comparing your kill points to your opponent's defeated figures. And that right. way you'll know like, Oh, they don't match. Cause I, I'm counting like eight points over there in his defeated figures pile, but I only have six or whatever. I must've forgotten to score when I killed three PO or, you know, same thing on yeah. the other side. Opponents forgot to, to add their points because you always want to make sure you have an accurate VP scoreboard while you're playing because that's telling you who's who's winning, whether you want to play more conservatively or go more aggressive to try and get more VPs so you can win before the timer runs out. Uh oh, I think that's it on that question, right? Yeah. Then I think it is time to move into our Oh no, we have one more. Uh games we played. Baldo have we played any games, Leslie?
1: I have. I have a uh, earlier last week. Got in one of my league games. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. I forgot
0: yep. the league is still going.
1: Yeah, I think some people might have, but uh, we just got to keep poking them because it's coming up to the end of the year here, and yep. that was the the time for the league.
0: So, what did you what What did you play?
1: Yeah, so I played my same uh, ISB list again. I did make that switch. Uh, we talked on the last episode. I think uh we talked about switching doubt. So I took doubt out for smuggling compartment because I didn't want to get intel leaked again. Nice. <laughs> uh and I was playing against Morgan. He was running a list with Garcan, uh Jin from Rogue One, I think Jin Urso, Um Cassian Andor and Zeb. And then Son guerrera and uh the Rebel Support package, you know, Gideon R2 C3PO. And we were on Devron Garrison, and as I was deploying my units, he went first, and set up in the the bottom zone, I think, red. Uh, As I was deploying in blue, I kind of just realized that, you know, he's eight or nine squares away from me, and his figures can basically move six to eight and still attack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I decided this, with how many figures I had, some of them were going to have to peek out of the deployment zone into his... Field of view and line of sight. So I kind of just said, okay, this is going to be a fight in the center for the most part. And what I didn't count on was him having enough movement points. Um, I sent out one of my ISBs first to kind of set up the the coordinated raid later on. I knew I was going to get attacked by Garkan and that's exactly what happened, but I knew I would survive, and he did. What I didn't expect was uh, him to have enough movement points between Cassian's landing ability and Gideon giving free movement points for the Garkan to charge up to my ISB, hit him, and then run into the corner uh, to get the objective and be out of sight. So that kind of happened early on. I feel like I was losing the positioning game. But what was really fun was at the end of round one, I was able to have my second ISB group go. uh, And they had been focused by Inspiring Leadership, so I had a focused, hidden ISB, take a shot at Zeb, did a lot of damage. And then I had the second one take a step or two up, and then coordinate a raid to attack Zeb again. And then I had the second ISB move back next to my Agent Blaze. And then when I went with Agent Blaze last, I had him play new orders on that ISB that moved back so they can go again. I think Morgan might have had one more deployment, so he could have done something about this. Uh, but what I then did was have Blaze use motivation, move the ISB 3 towards the center of the map where the action was. And then I was able to use Strength in Numbers and have that ISB group with their hittings and maybe a power token or so uh, go again immediately. And he was not ready for that. Uh, Zev got obliterated.
0: Oh, so you went Blaze, Strength and Numbers, into the ISBs?
1: Yeah.
0: Remind me, what map were you playing on again?
1: This was Devron Garrison.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, But it was Blaze, New Orders, into Strength and Numbers, into ISBs.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. So you readied the ISBs that had already gone with Blaze, and then you were able to activate them immediately with Strength and Numbers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how Zeb, like I said, just completely got destroyed there. And then I think round two, Morgan tried to take initiative, but I had plenty of negates in hand. Uh, however, he was very adept at positioning his units, and so even as the doors started to open... He wound up being able to keep Garkan alive with like one point, <laughs> and he was able to get second chance on Jin, so she was harder to take out. And I did eventually get Jin. Garkan was in the corner, and I was starting to slowly lose my own ISPs. Uh, and then Cassian was able to, from the other side of the map, he had decided to go on his own to get objective points. Um... As Morgan had finally taken up most of my ISBs and I was kind of left with my B team of Callus, Thrawn, and Blaze. Uh, he had Cassian use sniper configuration and got like a range 10 shot and murdered Callus. And it started to go downhill from there. So in the end he wound up winning, and that was fine. It was a really fun match. I definitely felt a little more confident with both the command deck and the deployments with Smuggling Compartment, and new orders had actually been a change before that was Price of Glory. Uh, But I swapped to new orders specifically, one, because it affects more units, and each of my units are a little smaller, but the ISP is worth only four each. Uh, but two, I realized that for Blazes Interrogate, if I want to ever get rid of something like Son of Skywalker, I'm going to need a three point card in my hand, and I wasn't running any three point cards before this.
0: Oh, yeah, that's pretty clever. Um, going with new orders. Because I can't think of what else, what other three point cards you would run, except maybe like, hide in plain sight.
1: but Yeah, probably not going to run that. <laughs> that action cost is pretty steep.
0: Yeah, so that's a pretty good one, then.
1: Yeah. And I did feel good. Uh, Morgan never tried to uh, to intel leak me or anything, but I noticed he had it in the list, and he was running a Cassian with all of his brawlers, mm-hmm. I assume, for the smooth landing and just to kind of send Cassian off on his own journey while his brawlers did the main fighting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, to, you know, come around and shoot the sniper configuration. So I think I'm seeing a lot... I've seen a couple tech Cassians in lists that otherwise don't seem to... Have trait synergy with him, and then I see intel leaks in list two, so I think it is good that uh that I have the smuggling compartment now.
0: Yeah, uh, just that one like one random spy will often bring an intel leak with it, so smuggling compartment is mm-hmm. really useful there.
1: Yeah, even in playtesting, I was messing around with Loku and Alliance Rangers with Saw for a little bit, and I would bring intel leak just because of Loku. So I get that entirely.
0: What about you? Um, I have not played anything. I have been mostly working on, um, the custom campaign, which is, I haven't really talked about on this podcast, but it's a little pet project, uh, custom campaign with Imperial Heroes instead of Rebel Heroes playing against the Rebel Overlord. And it's been, I I had some momentum after, like, there was so much excitement for it, um, after that little april fool stunt i pulled and so that got me motivated to start working on it and getting playtesting going and then right when season 7 was like really going hard with playtesting i kind of i had to drop it and then it's been sitting for a few months i just haven't been as motivated but recently i've been more motivated trying to go back to it and so we've got some updates coming up for that uh little project um finally got yeah, a second I've seen those- yeah
1: yeah, you let me know when uh you have another mission or so and maybe that other rebel command deck ready and I can try with another group, some more playtesting. Yep. Cuz it was a bit fun.
0: Yep, so we've got a I've got a second rebel deck I finally was able to come up with, a class deck. Um found some inspiration to finally design that. Um there's more missions in the folder now uh and most importantly, there's a core document in there that's like a rules document for how it all works. And I finally sat down with, like, my um, my campaign tracker app that I made a long time ago in Google Sheets, and I was like, okay, I got to figure out how much th- um, actual XP and, like, credits I want everybody to have at the end, and then work backwards from there to figure out, like, the mission rewards for each mission. And so now there's actually a campaign structure that works. Um, and there's enough missions, you could actually play about half the campaign, I think four missions uh, through the campaign. <clears throat> so that's in the playtesting folder, I still need to update the heroes, they have a lot of tweaks that need to be made. Um, but yeah, your your feedback, the feedback from your group on that uh, Lights Out mission was super helpful. Um, feedback from Josh's people, and Josh has been great, and everybody in the Discord channel, uh, that have been helping me out, giving me feedback, uh, really, really been great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I saw someone had even posted ideas for extra heroes in your game.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was Josh. He he can't help himself. (laughs) Although I did. (laughs)
1: Well, I won't lie. I've had, I mean, I've had ideas for heroes myself. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I did like his uh, riot trooper hero. I had not, th- I had not thought of that, and I think I'm probably going to steal that because that looks like a lot of fun. Having a hero that has a a baton and a shield as two starting weapons, and then keying off of that mm-hmm. sounds like really interesting.
1: Yeah, I didn't read their abilities, but that maybe that's something I should go back to and look at. That sounds fun.
0: So look forward to that being updated. I'll probably make posts on Facebook and like Board Game Geek. Once it's ready to go, that'll be version 3.0. And then I realize I have to design three more missions before the campaign is complete. So that's going to be a thing. I don't like designing. You could
1: always make them the side missions.
0: No, it needs to be. I need three more core missions. Mm. Uh, so, and I don't like designing missions, but I just got to open up Vassal. Really? The Vassal. I think module. your designs
1: have been really great. I know, it's... Yeah. Sure, there's, (laughs) you know, work. But um, I think that it's been really interesting how, you know, normally in I A, you have the Rebels that have to do something by a time limit, and the Imperials that just have to stop the Rebels from doing that. Mm -hmm. And your version, at least the two missions we've played, it's felt like the Rebel Overlord has to complete an objective And the Imperials, who are the heroes now, kind of have to stop them while also doing their own objective. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been a flip on the roles in some ways, in a very fun way.
0: Yeah, it's either that or there's like a parallel objective system where the Rebels are trying to do something within a certain amount of time, and the Imperials are trying to do something else in the same space. Uh, and they're competing mm-hmm. to race to see who can do it first and also mess, you know, disrupt the other side from doing their thing. Um, yeah. I think that's more thematic. Um, yeah, that's something I'm looking to continue, although I've got some more twists. I've got a mission where it's just literally just you move from one room to the next and slaughter rebels as fast as you can uh, until you get to the the main objective. That, that one is going to come out soon. Yeah. Um, I've got some ideas coming up for my later missions that I just have to work out on the map. That's the problem, right? Is you have to, it's like, if making maps was, if making missions was easy, they probably wouldn't be that good. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, So I actually have to like go into like play with the map pieces, the map tiles. I also have to like come up with like a hook. That's, that's something, I mean, we can talk about that with like map design or mission design, uh, how to design a mission, but like, the thing that I do is I, I sit down and I think, okay, what's the what's the hook? Like, what's the the like big thing that like this mission is supposed to represent? Um, that's supposed to like that I can then design around. So like for for example, there I mentioned there's one a mission coming up where you're on a, a small ship, little map and you go from room to room and you have to defeat waves of enemies. And like, that was just based on like, how can I make a mission? That's all about defeating figures is like the main objective and not some random objective while you ignore figures. Cause that's something that people say they want to do a lot. Um, and that's how yeah. I came up with that idea. Yeah. So it'll be a while. I'm, I'm projecting probably another six months before the full campaign is out and ready to go. Um, but for now, there's going to be, I think, five missions playable. And you can play from mission one all the way to mission four as a full, not a full campaign, but like the actual campaign experience.
1: So, mm, so there's it's a four-mission campaign experience with like a one branching path then?
0: So no, it's going to be six missions. Um, there's going to be one branching mission and mission two, and then another branching mission and mission 5. And right now I have missions 1 through 4 and there's five missions. There's going to be five missions available once I get 3.0 out, which will be hopefully this week or maybe next week, but yeah.
1: Thanks. This is it's been a really great experience to to be able to play that, you know, and help help inspire those tweaks to get made.
0: Yeah alright well let's go into our main topic here uh, which is gonna be the year in review so it is the end of December it's the end of the year and I like to I think it's always good to go back and look at what happened during the year and then we can kinda talk about what what do we want for the next year so for this format I'm just gonna kinda go month by month um, and then at the end of each month I'll send it back to you Wesley and we can kinda discuss what happened that month, and and then we'll move on to the next one. Sound good?
1: Mm. Sounds good. All
0: right. Well, let's get started. So we'll pre- I'll preface this with kind of where we started at in 2022. So uh, late 2021, I think November. Season six had just been approved. Had gone through all the playtesting stuff in the fall and uh, gotten approval from the community, at least from the vote people who wanted to vote. Um, We announced in December of 2021 that we were going to be moving IACP from a uh, six-month release schedule to a nine-month release schedule, and that meant that Season 7 would be postponed from January to the end of April. And then the current IACP map rotation was Jabba's Palace, Lothal, Spaceport, and Mos Eisley Back Alleys. Um, And for the vanilla game, we had not Still had not gotten any announcements, any communication from FFG or, uh, Asmodee or anything like that, that the game was going to be continuing. All we had was, at the time, we had a rumor, uh, we had a, something from somebody at some Gamma trade show that was like, Imperial Assault's story is not over, and then we had a rumor from Krabuk that there was going to be new content coming in 2023, um... So that's where we were as far as the rumor mill for the the main game, non-ICP game. Um, so January 2022, um, I think the big one there was we had the the designer interview on my channel uh, with Paul and Todd from Fantasy Flight Games, um, and thank you, big thank you to Jake Peterson for organizing that getting in contact with them he's a fellow minnesotan with them and uh he was able to get them to come on and talk about uh designing imperial assault and all the kind of like how the sausage is made type of stuff um and then also in january we had the icp uh, balance updates that replaced uh season seven's release so we released updates for the mandalorian which was the um the spear one, the Beskar spear Mandalorian. Uh overwhelming impact got raised from 2 points to 3 points and guild programming got raised from 1 point to 2 point. Uh that's that was the unique card for IG11. <clears throat> so, January 2022 thoughts on that, Wesley?
1: Yeah. Um so quickly with the the balance updates, I this is when I was newer to the scene, so I saw that Mandalorian get, you know, pulled back a little bit and that felt good because I don't even exactly remember what he had before but it seems like he was a super duper super mega strong back then.
0: So he was um, 10 points. So was yeah, he was 10 points. He got clan of 2 for free and he had a red and yellow spear attack with pierce 2. He got nerfed so that right. he had to pay the points for clan of 2 and then uh, the spear attack got changed to green and yellow with just Pierce one built in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You did change one of the die color and pulled back the Pierce, which you don't think so at face value, but Pierce two is a lot. So even then, when it was green yellow with a Pierce one, it was still a very good attack. Um, but then, so as I was newer, I think I had just discovered Doctor Aphra, and I was looking at cards you could use for her and trying to see what the kind of the best ideas was and i had this idea to use guild programming with afron maybe build a list around that uh you know try to get that guild programming to get those extra attacks off a couple of times and then or i think that's the one where you focus ig11 but it looks like a good card uh and then this came out and i think i later heard that the reason part of the reason guild programming got moved to 2 was because it was getting used with Donk afron getting it twice per game was a little too strong and i was like oh man that sounded like a cool combo i never got to try um
0: <clears throat> yeah so they they were being used together the real reason that it got nerfed at the time it did because remember, Doc Afra came out in Season 5, so a whole season before. The current one, <clears throat> or the Season 6 at the time, was because of Bib Fortuna. Um, the reasoning being, IG... ig is not a hunter. He's just a droid guardian. So he doesn't get really good offensive command cards, so guild programming kind of was what he had. Um, but once mm-hmm. Bib was available to kind of modify both of his attacks with any card, um, we noticed it was a lot easier for <clears throat> IG to be getting easy uh, to get those kill thresholds, you know, damage thresholds to get kills, thanks to Bib Fortuna, and that was mm-hmm. making the combo of Afra for two turns of guild programming um, too powerful, because before that. He didn't always he didn't always have a way to get the damage he needed to get a kill, even when he was focused for every attack. Um, but with Bib, you always have that backup plan in hand. Where oh, I'm one damage short. I'll, I can now discard with Bib to get the kill, and that was making him just too efficient at killing things.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. And, you know, speaking of IG, I know this game and ICP got me to eventually watch The Mandalorian in the second half of 2022. And I just remember after I saw the first episode, I was like, wait, why isn't this guy a hunter? <laughs> uh, but then you find out later.
0: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and I think we had, we were playing around with him being like either hunter or guardian. But yeah, it it, it is what it is. I think...
1: I think you
0: guys did go a good route with that. I think it was because of IG-88. We we didn't want him to just be a better IG-88. So taking away Mm -hmm. Hunter was our answer. Yep. All right. Well, moving on to February 2022. Um, Let's see. Not much happening here. We had some tournaments each month. So uh, I'm not going to go through those. Uh, I did post a beginner's guide to ICP. That was something I'd been wanting to do for a long time. So if you go to my channel, there is beginner's guide to ICP also for returning players. And it also goes faction by faction. So definitely check that out. Um, Is there anything else in February? Or did you want to talk about any of these?
1: Wesley? Um, Well, I assume that I've probably seen the video series, but it's not in my recollection at the moment. So... Just, it's a good note that, yeah, we, there definitely have been tournaments and events going on. Just, uh, we're kind of hitting on these bigger topics here than regular events. You know, more changes to the scene.
0: Yeah, if we have time at the end, I'll go, I can go through, like, tournament results, but we'll just go through, we're hitting the big, big things. So, March 2022, um, we had a map rotation. So, that's when we had Devron Garrison rotated in, and Jabba's Palace rotated out for the second time. And then we had, um, we also had an errata to Moff Gideon from Season 6, so that he was able to work in missions where you don't gain VPs, but count uh, count as having VPs, uh, which was included the Deveron one. <coughs> and then the big one was we had Adepticon events. So we had uh, 10 players at our Adepticon tournament for ICP, and that was just... Notable because it was a big in-person event. I mean, it wasn't big in terms of player count, but, like, prominence, right? Adepticon's a pretty prominent event, so it was great that we were able to get people out there to play in person. So that was exciting, uh, I think. So, for March, what any thoughts on
1: that one? Yeah, quite a few. So, I know, I think we announced Devaron early, because we wanted people to be ready for Deveron being the map that they would be playing at of Depticon, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. So we announced Deveron's rotation in February, and people started prepping early. That's mm-hmm. right.
1: Yeah, I think even the, the competitive league was allowed to sub one of the maps for Deveron if they, you know, everyone in the match agreed to do so. That's right. Uh, I and, forgot about that. Yeah, and that was the first map in uh, for me, playing IACP. So that was the first time I had a map rotation, and I loved Deveron. Like, it was cool with the power tokens that you could give out and the exploding crates. Um, but really, I think that's when I started getting into brawlers and things like Garkan and then starting to focus on like Scum and Rebels together using brawlers. So having a small map like that was a lot of fun for a lot of games, with just running up and beating the snot out of whatever enemies I have and... Even better when the opponent has a melee list on their own. But, you know, we've done a whole <laughs> we've done a whole hour-long video on Devron Garrison, so um, we can move on. But it was sad to see Jabba's Palace go. That was a cool one. Even if it had some tricky line of side areas.
0: Yeah, that's a popular one.
1: Yeah. Uh, From Moff Gideon, I remember being part of the discussion of asking, like, hey, how does this work? in this way and i think the steering committee came in and we had a big discussion and they're like well this is how it's intended to work uh but this isn't exactly how it says that it works so i think that kind of led a little bit to that change yeah i i think
0: moff gideon in general i think we probably should have gone with a different direction with that ability we didn't really think through all the different missions um, and that you don't always gain VPs in missions, and sometimes you don't gain VPs till the end of the mission. Um, so I think it was just unfortunate. We tried to do what we could as far as damage control to make him usable, but...
1: I did like the way it got rewarded, It's and I get the, the point, but yeah, I don't see a lot, a lot of moth Gideons running around. Maybe we're just waiting for the magical map rotation where players are going to get VPs every round on every map. Maybe one day. Yep. And then, yeah, Adapticon looked great. And I know they they called you guys up and said that, hey, you know, the last worlds we were going to do, we got all of this prize support from FFG, and we've been holding on to it for three years or two years. Uh, so I think the ten of you guys got to split a giant pool of proxies and IA loot from FFG, right? um that's not quite how it went down i mean the
0: the beginning of that story was correct they contacted us they said they had stuff from their last tournament they were supposed to have in 2020 Mm -hmm. um which was supposed to be worlds and it was that it's supposed to be at adepticon in 2020 and so we got excited and we thought oh that must be because worlds 2019 had dice and a trophy and glass tokens and stuff i mean not actually glass but mirror tokens and so we were like, yeah, awesome. So let's get it started. And they were like, okay, well... And then we were like, we can you show it to us? And they're like, well, it's on a pallet. We can't... Sh- it's all wrapped up. We can't show it to you until we open it up in March, the day before the event. And we're mm. like, so we are just kind of going on faith. Um, we were going on also, like, AMG had gotten the World's Prizes from 2020 for, like, X-Wing and Armada. Um, and they were showing those off and, like... They, those are looking different, so we were, like, trying to mock up, like, what we thought it would look like for Imperial Assault. And then it turns out we get there and it's, like, some store league kit promos, which are just, like, alternate art deployment cards. And, like, hero promos for, like, campaign, like, items and heroes. like Like, hero sheets but in a deployment card size. Mm. Um which is cool, but it's like they didn't have any kind of trophies or dice or anything like that. And so mm. luckily we had put together like <clears throat> as much prize support as we could because we didn't know if we were going to ever have another in-person tournament for another year, which turns out we haven't. Um, so we sent, I sent over a ton of my stuff. Chris Emick, who was the fo- one of the founders of IACP, had a ton of extra stuff that he sent and donated. And so we had... We had put together prize support for like 24 players and then only 10 showed up because a lot of people couldn't make it. This was in 2022, early 2022, so there were still travel restrictions. Um, I know a few people that were going to come got COVID right beforehand, so they they couldn't come because of that. Um, so the people that did come, they split this huge prize pool, um, which was mostly stuff from the community and then some stuff from ffg provided by adepticon who then got mad at us because we didn't return the like leftover stuff it was like we paid them we paid them a bunch of money to have the tournament there and then they i guess one of the organizers like kept it and was going to distribute it to other people afterwards and the, they got they're like hey where's the leftover prizes give it back so
1: Oh, the, the Adepticon wanted to keep some of that loot and give it to other people later?
0: Yeah. They wanted to give it to their people. What? Yeah, they wanted to give it out to their like employees or volunteers. So. that's Which is uh... fine. That's fine. I will say it's fine. Because uh, we are trying to get... Um, we're trying to organize it at Adepticon and they haven't uh, responded to me, so... <laughs>
1: mm, <laughs> that's so fine. that's up in the air for next year?
0: Um, we're hoping to have an Adepticon next year. We have people ready to go to deploy there. Uh, just trying to get in contact with them. So, more updates to mm-hmm. come on that. Um, hopefully we'll have some news soon in the next
1: couple weeks. Yeah, hopefully. I, I That's one I considered going to. Uh, but I was still newer at the scene and I had kind of another big event on the same weekend, so that got in the way. But if we did one next year, that might have more opportunity for me to come out and join you guys in person for this, because it did look like a lot of fun when you guys were posting videos and uh, images during and after the event. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I didn't get to go, but oh, um, I appreciate that Jake and Josh um, and Josh's partner were there to help run everything.
1: Nice, nice.
0: But yeah, that's March. Um, all right, so April 2022, um, we had an adepticon at home vassal tournament. Um, so that was nice. Um, we might, I might go through all the like tournament results and leagues after this, like I said. But let's see. Um, oh, April was the release of season seven. So season seven preview articles went up in the weeks preceding. April 25th was when we had the playtest release. So it was all available on Vassal, thanks to our great friend Trevor, who manages the Vassal, and then Tabletop, I'm headed up on Tabletop Admiral, um, so Season 7's kind of the big news for April, and that was a ton of work, um, just getting those ready to go. I don't know, uh, what should we, what do you, what should we say about
1: Season 7, well, it was an entire season <laughs>
0: uh, well let's let's say for the release so like what was happening yeah. around the release of season seven
1: I mean, I just think people were uh were really excited those preview articles were really fun to look at all the cool new stuff
0: yeah, the preview uh previews have been a huge success. I'm glad we started doing that um I think we did that in four we started doing that in season four. Um, mm-hmm. which is something that I brought from like magic, the gathering, which is, you know, it's, it used to just be, they did like one article that talked about everything and then they dropped it. Um, yeah, that, or each I think that it was week was a really exciting week. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, so season seven, um, let's see, I'm trying to think if there are any big changes, yeah, so season seven release, um, and then May. Actually, let me get back to Discord. Turn that off. Uh, May 2022, we had. So that was pretty much just play testing, and that's kind of what happens with a new season is you kind of just drop everything. As far as ICP, and we're just focused on the play testing. Uh, Process which included a playtesting, a weekly league, and then I am just, like, going through game logs that people are submitting and inputting it into a spreadsheet so we can track results. Um, So that was May through September uh, was playtesting. Do you remember anything else happening in May? I couldn't find anything in my searches.
1: May? No, just... um... You know, playtesting was starting, and, you know, we were moving to that nine-month format over the six months you guys used to do in the past, and I think it it was good that there's going to be more time for the actual competitive season and a little more time for the playtesting too.
0: Yeah, That's right. So we had been on a six-month schedule before, so that meant three months of playtesting and then three months of, like, competitive tournament play. And now with a nine-month uh, rotation, we were able to do four months of playtesting and have five months of competitive play. Uh, and I think that Did was... You
1: later... Did you guys later announce uh, a year-long rotation?
0: Yes, so the, for those that want to know, we are currently on a year-long rotation, and um, okay. I think we announced yeah, that. when that was announced. That's on my timeline. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, that gave us more time. So with Season 7, so in the past, the way the playtesting had worked is we would release it, and then we would go through two updates, two big patches to the cards based on feedback and playtesting results. Um, and then because we had extra time in Season... in season, um, So what happened is uh, with Season 7, because we had more time to playtest, we were able to do three big patches... So we did 7.1, 7.2, and 7.3 uh, over the four-month playtesting season. So it's basically one big patch each month of the playtest uh, before putting it up for approval. And I think that gave us more time to like really hone things in and get things right that I think really would have benefited Season 6 especially. Uh, yeah. But I think Season 7 has been pretty good like uh resounding success i don't think we've had anything b- broken or busted we haven't we don't have i mean we're, there's you
1: know a lot there. of people upset during the testing period but i think that's exactly the intent was to iron that out yeah i haven't seen anything now that's been broken or busted
0: yeah and that's the point of the play test is like mm-hmm. people are mad people are questioning. People are like, what the heck is this? What are you doing? And then we can make corrections and make tweaks. And having that four-month cycle instead of a three-month cycle definitely gave us more time to get that process right. So let's see, moving on. And we're just moving through the playtest season. I think I have more updates for that. But June 2022, uh, the two big things was uh, there was the UK Games Expo, Expo Tournament. Uh, in June and that was in person for 12 players but it was um, vanilla FFG Imperial Assault but they had a custom map rotation instead of the one from 2019. Uh, They also had like a special soft ban list so they banned Rebel Graffiti and then they had like a bounty on a bunch of different cards like Vader, Jabba, Han Solo, Um, that was like, if you played those cards, you had a worse tiebreaker, basically. Um, it was supposed to be, you had like an extra loss on your sheet or your, each player that didn't play them got an extra one on their extra win on their, Mm -hmm. um, record, but it ended up being just better tiebreakers for the people who didn't, which I thought was kind of lame, but, um, it was cool to see them see pictures from that event and we did get video thanks to um alistair over there in the uk nice um let's see and well then... it does
1: look like it was at least won by someone not running their bounty, the bounty list
0: uh yeah, that's true. Arvados one with uh, weak vinto, Greedo, onar, elite Claudite, elite Java, and Bull care package with RTD two. Um, he was not playing Java, but I think the top four had two banned lists and one and two not like not banned lists. Mm. Um. You know, I think ultimately it just meant it was like a vanilla tournament <laughs> in terms of how it went down and who won and who got top four like the only big deal was no no rebel graffiti, which meant no um no scum victory point list is
1: rebel graffiti really that it's much of a corner piece in that list
0: uh in the in the scum v p list I would say yes, huh uh that's one of that's the main way they do it is jabba and then rebel graffiti are getting all these extra vps and then you're on celebration price on their heads worth every credit uh i, I think, think they're on black ones, market
1: prices seems like a lot to to throw in you know eight points for sabine and then hope you draw rebel graffiti and hope sabine doesn't die and get 246 VPs that way. Yeah,
0: so Sabine, I mean this is getting into like strategy stuff, but <laughs> yeah. We can we can talk about that one another time. <laughs> Sabine, you just don't you don't attack with Sabine. Like that's the thing you learn about Sabine is if you're attacking with Sabine every turn, you're probably playing her wrong and she's probably dying really fast. So, you're supposed to just she's a speed eight figure that can grenade and then you are playing rebel graffiti with her.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So anyway, that's, that's my thought on that. Um, and then the other big thing in June was we had, uh, there was star Wars celebration in Anaheim and there was an asthma day panel where somebody, I think the first, the very first question that got asked to this panel was what's going on with Imperial assault. And the answer was, Imperial Assault is a completed game and there is no new content coming for Imperial Assault or in development which is notable because it contradicts what that one guy at that one gamma trade show said that Imperial Assault story is not over. Um and I think it I think hopefully it put the nail in the coffin for a lot of people that were holding out hope that there was an official update or expansion or the pipeline was going to reopen you know all we're getting now we know all we're getting from Imperial Assault is reprints thankfully
1: yeah thankfully at least we're getting that
0: and honestly that's all we need
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think it helps uh, even legitimize IACP if if they ever came out with another expansion for this game Oh, hope uh, that would be that would be weird
0: for IACP it would it would be awkward and kind of weird but um even though I mean I do hope they someday pick it up again because then we'd actually have the numbers of a real game instead of the numbers of a shadow we're kind of a shadow game right now Mm -hmm. um but for people I think for a lot of people hopefully it's like if you're waiting if you're if you're on the fence about IACP or any other custom content, because you're like, well, FFG will eventually put out something, and so then if I get into this custom stuff, then it's like, we'll waste the time, but hopefully that people get the the imperative or the whatever to um, either jump into custom content with everybody else in the community, or, you know, maybe it's time to move on. Um... But yeah that was uh june july 2022 we had uskru entertainment district rotated in for lothal spaceport good riddance um and then the imperial assault reddit actually went private for actually a couple months i think um mm-hmm. along a long with long time yeah along with the x-wing and the armada subreddits that was weird uh, we lost a big um community hub um To that and then um july was also my attempt to replace the ffg forums with a wix forum for the community also to that was spurned on by the um the loss of the reddit forums uh we just felt like we all we had now was slack and discord and and like maybe board game geek which just didn't feel like enough without the subreddit so um that was my attempt to do that and i will say that um Reddit is back, and we didn't need the the forums.
1: Well, I appreciate your your work on the forums for that, because if we had lost the Reddit, you know, it'd at least be an extra thing. Um, But, you know, I know that you, over time, posted a lot on those forums to try to get them going. Maybe those would be good articles to place over on BoardGameGeeks and or the Reddit over time.
0: Yeah, I think maybe they should probably go on the ICP blog. Mm.
1: Um,
0: ICP blog, Yep. I wish I could could have kept those going, but it just was too much work. Uh, cuz I had been doing a card of the day series and a list of the week series for that uh for those forums. you doing
1: like 3 lists every week. Mhm.
0: Yeah, for, one for each um faction.
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> I thought the same thing like wow, that's a lot of work. Like, if it was me, I would have made a list of the week <laughs> for each week once.
0: Um, I was trying to do it, like, over the weekend. I would write all of them in, like, a couple mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, But then I wanted my weekends back. Plus, we started yep. doing a podcast on the weekend, so.
1: Yeah, true,
0: true. Um, but we did get Reddit back, so that was weird because that was, like, it was apparently it was one guy who had like created all these subreddits that became the main subreddit for their games, and this guy was kind of a prick apparently, and he was not nice to like he didn't make anybody a moderator he wasn't nice to anybody while they were open and then one day he just like decided to troll everybody and shut down the forums shut down the subreddits and um x-wing and armada i think armada got theirs back first and then they helped x-wing or maybe it was vice versa but we ended up waiting a much longer time than the x-wing and the armada guys to get our subreddit back up but it finally did get back up and uh, we have a we have a good uh group of moderators now for that including myself although i don't spend that much time on it
1: yeah yeah, I I tend to see a lot of what's going on on that Reddit. So it was sad to see it go for a while. Um, I know our smaller size meant meant that it took a little longer to get back, but that was something good when it finally did come back. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like it killed the Reddit because we're still getting, you know, quite a number of posts. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think there was like ten thousand members.
1: Yes. But. Uh, yeah. Do you know what the TMG stands for here?
0: The miniatures game.
1: Our Imperial Assault TMG.
0: Yeah, it stands for the miniatures game. Oh. They did that for all awesome. the other ones, too.
1: Yeah, people still post about, you know, sales, uh, campaign stuff. Sometimes they ask about Skirmish. A lot of times they're posting their painted minis. Uh, their collections, and it looks like sometimes we even post our podcast on there.
0: Did I do that? I think I did that when we first launched
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I see one for episode six up here from about a month ago. So it's good we have that back. Yeah. My favorite is when we when I scroll across a new meme. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't see too many of those. Um, Yeah, 10.9 thousand members in that group. So that's probably like the entirety of people that have played the game over the last five years. (laughs) So anyway. Um, All right, moving on to August. So this was big for ICP. This was kind of the last part of the playtesting period and this is when um Mando the 10 point Mando that we mentioned got nerfed back in January um he went through like an intense suspect testing here because at the end of after 7.3 came out a lot of people were like hey Mando still feels kind of broken um we had a lot of intense discussion on the slack about Mando and that he's just not fun to play against, and he is just too intense for how much he does in an activation. Um, so we did, like, a a focus test at the end. We said, hey, a couple, we didn't know that... We thought he was pretty balanced at this point. It, he wasn't, like, winning any tournaments. He wasn't... Um, his win rate wasn't excessively high. Uh, it was high, but it wasn't excessively high. Um, so we said, let's let's use this final month. So usually the final month of the playtest period is to let people get a chance to play with the final with the final versions of the cards before we have the vote. Um so that people can, you know, get a feel for what they are before they vote on them. Uh but th- we use this final month basically I think the last like 3 weeks we were like okay. We're going to test Mando at 12 points. This was after we announced the 7.3 changes. We're going to change Mando to 12 and you guys all play mando at 12. One person plays mando, one person doesn't. And we're going to figure out if he's if 12 points fixes him um versus he's 10. So this is a 2 point increase. And I think the results were just people were like, "Nope, he's still just insane." Um even at that makes effectively makes him cost 13 with clan of 2 attached, which is the same as Vader. Um and so we made the call to remove him. So we just thought we've changed him so many times. We've given him so many chances. It's it has to stop otherwise it's just going to exhaust people with how often we're changing him. So I'll get yeah. I think right before the the uh community vote the steering committee announced we're going to be pulling Mando from ICP. He's not going to be coming back in his current iteration, but we might bring him back in the future, um, with a, a new design. So. Maybe
1: uh, after season three. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, that's coming out in like May though. I guess that's not a season eight thing. <laughs>
0: uh, probably, no, probably won't be coming out in season eight. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, but you I know, don't. that's, that's fine. Um, Because we still have Mando, we have other Mando.
0: Yep, that was the other reason. He's a good figure. We had eight. We have eight point Mando. That was the other, another reason to remove him too. Is people mentioned like, you know, we have the eight point Mandalorian, but it doesn't feel like there's ever a reason to play him when you could just play the better Mandalorian with the spear.
1: Um, Spear Mandalorian was just so much. It. You know, you have figures like Luke and then Jedi Luke, and they feel different and distinct, and especially in Season 7, we now have a reason to see both scene play. With Amando, it felt like, oh, for, you know, half an extra deployment's points worth of my deployment, you know, my army, uh, I just get a broken version of this 8-point figure. So there's no reason to play the 8-point version anymore.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say I was on baby hiatus while season six was being put together. And so I wasn't part of the discussion. I'm not trying to put blame on anybody. I'm just saying I I don't know. I'm not sure why a jetpack and a spear was justification enough to do a second version of a figure. I think there was just a lot of hype, to be honest. Uh, I think everybody was hyped on season two Mandalorian, and we just wanted to see content from our the shows that were exciting. Right. I'm sure, that's part of it. So um
1: but I, yeah. I think the protecting the child ability on him was a very thematic part of it though. That whole second season was about him becoming the protector, you know, and embracing that role. Yeah,
0: which was I so think I can see that being a part of it. 6.0 he had that like generic protector ability but it was like I think it was protecting unique figures. And then it got changed Mm. to protecting the child companion. But anyway, um, I think we made the right call though, because honestly season seven post uh, Mando removal has been my favorite season since like season four to play. I've just been having so much fun in season seven. And I feel like the, the list diversity has been higher than ever. And I think Mando being gone has just taken this huge weight off of the i c. p format.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think we see a lot more different kinds of lists now.
0: Um, yeah, and then we had the community vote at the end of August. So everybody voted. I think we, uh, I don't remember if we put Mando on the vote there. I think we did though. No didn't we? Oh, no, we didn't. No, you guys
1: just took them out. Okay. I remember that.
0: But I think everything else from Season 7 did go on the vote, on the ballot, um, and got approved. I don't think there was anything super controversial. Was there?
1: Leia? A little bit. We had a few that were close. A couple that were close.
0: Leia got nerfed... Um, let's see I should have looked this up I'm just looking up the um, the vote results and see if anything was close to not making it in because usually I have an article with the results um, let's see most controversial card, oh was the shore troopers that's what it was Short troopers were very controversial because they got nerfed from six to seven, which took away all of their strength in numbers and um, death trooper shenanigans uh, with like mortars and flame troopers on them.
1: They had oh, a... but they, but they were well. Okay, you're you're talking about within the season they got nerfed from six to seven because in season six they weren't always at seven.
0: Yeah, I'm saying within the playtest. So they got buffed from seven to six for season seven. That was our test to buff them. And then it was, they were just bananas with all the strength and number activation shenanigans that were provided by being six points and being able to take an attachment uh, or a scrum, what do you call it? A squad upgrade. Um, So they were pretty bananas. I think they were the highest winning percentage. They had like an 80% win rate. It was insane during the playtesting it it was very clear at least to me that they needed to they could not exist in that form Um, so that was but it was controversial because the nerf we talked about lots of different nerfs for them because it was clear they had to be nerfed Uh, but we talked about a lot of different ways to fix them and I think we I think going from 6 to 7 was definitely the blunt answer Right. Um, it was just like I don't. know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to say about these other than that.
1: We'll probably I think going from six to seven was like the mid-season. Let's fix this answer. Yeah. Maybe like, in the future, you you guys want to try again with something you have more time to, you know, finagle, finesse, and nuance. Um, if you want there to be a two activation. Trooper deployment, you know, subtype It'd have to be a lot of care put into it because of all the shenanigans. I will say that going
0: from figure cost four to figure cost three is not a nothing change because now you can reinforce yeah, that's them. true. I didn't,
1: I mean, I know you guys changed that, we haven't mentioned it here, but yeah, so you did make it so that they can be reinforced, which is nice, yeah. Um, and they do get out less VPs now for being defeated.
0: <laughs> right. That's something. Right, you get two less VPs from their group overall. Because they used yeah. to be 7-4 when they came out in Season 4. They were 7-4 group, now they're 7-3. So you only get six VPs from killing them instead of getting eight. Uh, and then being and reinforced...
1: if you bring one of those attachments, you can now reinforce them even if they both get defeated.
0: Yep. Exactly. So that's really useful for the mortar because the mortar uses them as their like little line of sight reference points. So being able to reinforce and get one of those back is really nice. Yeah. Um, and they still pr- hit pretty hard. they red, green, search for plus two. They're not. Anyway, short troopers were a thing. Um, I think Leia was pretty. I think people liked Leia after the update because mm-hmm. uh, I think we just r- raised her from seven to eight but and she's also yeah. not been like dominating she's been popular but she's not dominating in the tournaments yeah um okay so let's move on to September
1: because i just wanted to say if you if you guys want scout troopers at six you could always try century joys at six.
0: Sentry droids? You mean the, the nine-point group? The six-point version, the regulars. If, we if you want... want
1: all those shenanigans, you know, you, you gotta... You're not gonna get something oh, super strong.
0: You <laughs> said scout troopers, so you mean short troopers.
1: I got um, confused. Sorry, yeah, 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 scout troopers. So if you guys want scout troopers at six, you can always try regular sentry droids. You mean short troopers. They are a six-point trooper two figure deployment card that can work with all of your shenanigans and you i think you could put mortar troopers on them just not the i'm no. sorry you can't put mortar troopers on them, but you could put flame troopers on them I right
0: yeah yep that's true that's that's the way to do it you go with the regulars instead of the shores uh scout troopers were our most requested f- update for uh, from our poll so uh, we might be revisiting those in the future.
1: Yeah, I saw that. They look okay. It's just that we have a million troopers, so what's the niche?
0: hmm Okay, so that was I think. August. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that in a future future podcast for sure. Um, so September. So September we started this podcast. Yeah, Which is yes, pretty, is. pretty cool. Honestly, it's been, uh, great. It's been a great success. I have to say, like I was worried. I started cause it's just seemed like we needed one, um, for the community. Uh, I had a lot of topics I wanted to make videos about, but I just, it's just such a grind, like a recording and editing a video solo. And they just don't come out in the, at the rate that I want them to. Um, we had lost. We haven't had an episode from the Built on Hope guys in like months, and I just reached out to everybody and said, "Hey, I'm looking for a partner to help me do a podcast, but I'm only available like these ridiculous times of the day because I have a baby <laughs> and a job, and I am just very busy." And you, you, you responded, and you're like, "Hey, I'm available." Yeah. <laughs> And it's I've always been, been into
1: making videos. Yeah. So, you know, any part of that has always been fun.
0: And it's been fantastic. I mean, you're a new player. You you it sounds like you started. You said you started like late 2021, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but you your insights have have always impressed us and impressed the steering committee. And so I was very happy that you responded. Um, and I think it's been really uh, great so far. I mean, I'm still learning. How to make a podcast, it's definitely different from making videos. Um, audio is hard, and I'm struggling, but I think that's getting better. I've, hopefully this episode's going to be better in particular. I'm trying a different setup, but I'm just always experimenting, and um, it's been really good so far, and I really appreciate that you've, that you've joined the channel and that you're part of this podcast as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been a very fulfilling experience to uh, go out there and, you know, I think the moment that this all came to circle is when we had a newer player join and he asked to do some random matches and I joined and played with him. And at one point he was like, he asked me a question and I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know what their plan is for that. And like, he's like, aren't you on the steering committee? You're, you're one of the guys <laughs> that does all the things. <laughs> I'm like, well, it sounds like you, you were... You know, kind of brought on here in part from our podcast, since you know me from that. And you know, I'm not in the committee, but I am glad to be a part of why you're here. And that's kind of what it's all about: it's helping the community.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the other big thing in September was ICP. We already mentioned this, but ICP announced that we're moving to a yearly schedule off of the nine months um, which means that season eight will be coming in April and that means that we get a whole year and really we get because the the playtesting I said is four months now so really we're getting eight months to be able to develop content for the next season and Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be really good for the folks us who make it because it's a ton of work uh, getting these together not just the like brainstorming but the card const the card creating, the images, the all the documents that go with it. It's just, it's mind numbing how much work it is, and being able to have that much more time, like breathing space. Like I feel like I've actually been able to have a life outside of ICP this past season. Just being able to like relax.
1: It's <laughs> a lot of work um so that's you have a a website you you do a lot for the project and there is a lot with the project to keep up with
0: there's just a ton to do and you know and then within the steering committee we don't we're not always agreeing so being able to have extra time where we can talk things out and not feel pressured by time constraints to like just ship something you know Mm -hmm. i think it's going to make the product a lot better
1: the i think i mentioned this before but you know if it's going to be a year that's that's what it is right but if that's the case is the may through september months the months you want to have people play testing mhm yeah
0: i think we talked uh, about that and i think we said that was a good that actually we ended up on a good month um time okay. period for that um because that way it's done before because all the tournaments, like all the events are happening, like the big ones are happening from like January through June. Because mm. um, you have LVO in January, you have Adepticon in March, you have UK Games Expo in June. Um, so having it be from like April through September, uh, I think works out pretty well. And then we talked about like people being at home from college. Um, not having college courses as much work to do for college, like makes it so that people who are online a lot can have time to play instead of being, doing their college course work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think it works out pretty well.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: Great. Um, let's see, October, October was a sad month because we lost tabletop TO, um, at the end of October. That was the online website we were using to organize all of our tournaments and leagues, uh, which also means they lost all the data on all of those, which sucks. I mean, I have all the lists still, but like, it was so nice to just be able to go like, <coughs> what what events did we have this past few months, and see it easily there. Um, and we have since moved to Challenge. Uh, which is what we used to use before Tabletop TO and has been very challenging
1: um, to use. They are. Uh, for the several events I've played since we've moved to Challenge, I think that match I talked about earlier this episode was the first time I actually was able to go in and submit a score. If that's any indication of all the challenge we've had with Challenge.
0: Yeah. Um and I think that's because the way Derek set that league up was he just added all your names, but he didn't add your accounts.
1: Yeah, but even with the tournaments and stuff from before that, um, like that one I joined last minute because we had another person drop, uh that one I remember I was like, I don't see the button I'm supposed to click here. What's what am I doing, guys? And so yeah. just be like, Alright, I input it for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, they their website is very so like Tabletop TO was It was very customizable, everything, you could manipulate everything (coughs) the way you wanted, which is like a T.O.'s dream. Okay, so yeah, that's, um, it was a T.O.'s dream, able to do what we did with Tabletop T.O. Challenge is a lot more restrictive, it's a lot more bare bones, it's a lot more like, why do you? Why would you need that? You can just do it this way. That's easier, and we don't have to do anything. Why do you need to have custom pairings? Why? Why would you need to do that? We paired it for you already. It's like, it's like oh my god, I can't change. Anyway,
1: that's yeah a little bit inside baseball. You know, it's it's always really sad when you lose a very useful tool for a hobby you in, or just in general, like uh. When I played D&D, there was a site called Kobold Fight Club, and it was just like, here's a list of all the enemies, just click whichever ones you want to add, put in what your party levels are, and we'll tell you how deadly of an encounter this is. And it was very useful for making, you know, your encounters and planning out your adventure for your players. And that eventually they stopped supporting, which was fine, and then they took it down, which was sad, because every substitute that's come up has had, you know, a different UI that is clunky or not all the same features or, you know, things you can do. And it seems like we're going through the same thing here with challenge. Yep. So, so a sad farewell to tabletop. Um, but let's
0: see, <clears throat> November, we had the Bespin Tibana facility rotate in, and rotated out. I think that's been mostly good, right?
1: Yeah. I, I've, only actually played on that once so far but it's been good I think we talked in another episode about a couple matches I did do casually over the past year with a friend on that before even rotated Uh, so that's been fun so far it's been a fine map
0: and then December has been pretty slow other than that we've had some tournaments happening uh, Vassal tournaments and uh, that's kind of
1: 2022 I did want to ask if you wanted to mention that announcement um, on the blog for IACP, the uh, in-person initiative. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. This month. <clears throat> that's right, December.
0: I finally announced um, in-person play kits, and I mean, we—I—I ta- I, I announced those in the last podcast episode of community updates. But um, it's been a definitely a goal of mine to. Encourage more in-person Imperial Assault play. I mean it's great to be able to play on Vassal whenever you want, but really it's the figures on the table that make this game as great as it is. And so being able to have reasons for people to come into the store or into whatever place physical space they want to to be able to play against each other is really important. <clears throat> and I think that's where the community tournament kits come in um, that were just announced for December. Uh, and I, I still have to get those finalized so they can actually get shipped, but I'm working on that. Um, and it is a ton of work. Again, that too is just like getting those mocked up, getting them designed, making sure that I'm not stepping on anybody's toes in terms of like, you know, avoiding cease and desists. Uh, (laughs) you know, I, i I don't wanna be we're we're in the gray area here, but i I wanna be able to provide this as a service to people without uh making it look like I'm profiteering off of somebody else's hard work.
1: yep, you made that very clear in the blog post. You're just paying for shipping handling and the printing,
0: yeah, so we're operating at cost with that um which means I'm operating at a loss because I put many many man hours into this thing um Which is which is all good though because I love seeing reports and pictures and stories of people playing at their local store. It just warms my heart and it brings me back to a time before COVID destroyed the world, specifically (laughs) destroyed in store gaming, which was my world. Even though I can't
1: uh, let me ask, how long are those kits available
0: for? They're gonna be available all year. Oh, nice! So that's going to be our store kit for 2023, um, and I store kit I mean community kit because it's for anybody, not just people who play at a store. If you want to hold it something at your house, if you want to hold a meetup at your school, whatever, uh, that's for for people to be able to do that. <clears throat> and they're gonna yeah, it's gonna be available through the year. So, uh, and then we'll figure out what we're gonna do for 2024. So these are
1: 2023 kits. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And I hope it does encourage play at store. I know I saw that and I was like, oh, well, I know my one friend that doesn't play online in this community because he likes the in-person aspect. Well, if I could just go to a game store enough and maybe hang out with him and find a couple other people, we could get a whole thing going and get this tournament kit.
0: Yeah, and I'll say that we call them championship kits, but they're big enough you can use them to run a league, which I tell people, like, if you want to have regular in-person play, like, you might want to run a league instead of a tournament and reward people for coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I've
1: always uh, liked that idea.
0: So, that was 2022. Um, <clears throat> I think we've talked long enough. I think that's long enough of an episode without going into, like, all the lists that won tournaments throughout the year. Um, but it's been pretty good as far as, like, the yeah. meta.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it has. I think I did love going through the craziness of the playtesting and some of the the wonky things people come up with. <laughs> and then the things that we need to fix <laughs> because some things get a little too wonky.
0: Yeah. The play testers, the community does an absolutely great job helping us figure out all the different, um, edge cases and synergies that we don't find during our internal playtesting. And mm-hmm. people do a good job of breaking things. And we, which is like the point, which is what we want. Um, we want I do
1: miss search it. for a 3 damage Rancor. Mm. I know it was too strong, but the idea of a search for 3 damage was fun.
0: I feel like most of the broken things tend to come from me. I think that was my idea. You just have high ambitions. I'm just like, this is fun and fine. This is fine. It's fun. <laughs> usually it is fun, but it's not fine. <laughs> um... All right. Any other thoughts on 2022 or hopes for 2023?
1: Just hope that uh season eight is great. Yeah. I hope so too. <laughs> and maybe some more in-person play would be fun for everyone.
0: Yeah. Hoping people get to do that as well. Um, but I think that's it. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. Um, Remember, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well, so this will be a good one to listen to for that. Although if you've, you're here, you've listened to it already. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, check out the uh, Second Flocks channel on YouTube. I post the link in the description on the YouTube video. Leave a comment. What was your favorite thing from 2022 for Imperial Assault uh, that happened in 2022? Alright. You know what?
1: I am looking forward to your villain campaign in twenty twenty three.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well I'll get working on that. <laughs> <laughs> At your own pace. <laughs> Alright. Alright, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Right. Bye everyone. Stay frosty.